This is Breakaway, a women's soccer podcast covering industry events, emerging teams, and the latest on league developments. Welcome your co-hosts, Megan and Chase. Hey listeners, welcome back to Breakaway, episode 9 of season 2. I'm your co-host, Chase. And I'm Megan. And today... We're going to do a topic that we've been promising for the last few episodes we've never actually got to. Hot takes with the women's national team, U.S. women's national team. But before we dive in, you know what, you know the drill, guys. Megan, I don't have a icebreaker question now that I think about it, so I hope you do. Oh, man, thinking on thinking on my toes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you If you could travel to any city... For 24 hours, what would it be? It'd be London, hands down, not even thinking about it. For only 24 hours, though? Yeah, I'd travel there for like an hour if that was given the opportunity. (laughs) It is great. It's pretty great. I do want to go with you. We will. Someday we're going to go. Yep. But you need to realize that my affinity for London stems from my affinity for Harry Potter. So I'm going to geek out for the first like two to three days, just like really live in my my Harry Potter fantasy. So you kind of just have to tolerate me for a bit. But then once okay. it's out of my system, I'll be be normal. So maybe we don't go together. No, 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 no. no I do no, want to go to Spain no. with you because I want to see a Real Madrid game with you. Oh, Spain. Oh, I want to go or to Spain. Manchester so City. Or, or Manchester Man- City game with you. You know what? We just got to go to all these things, Megan. They all sound too good to pass up. It's too hard just to choose one. Well, before I answer, because I know you guys are all really excited to hear me answer. We're sitting um, on the edge of our seats. Me and you need to get ready and save money, as we were speaking about before, because the Copa America is going to be in the United States next year, in 2024. That's so we right. need to figure that out. And if I that means that me and you are driving 18 hours to the closest stadium, I think that might be what we have to do. Eight. Megan, I feel like you and I are going to be fighting so much at the end of that 18-hour car ride. I don't think so. I think we'll both just be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That's a lot of time with me. People actually asked me that the other day. They're like, do you bicker and like argue a lot with Chase? And I was like, I don't feel like we argue that much. We might just get like tired. (laughs) I feel like in the past, we definitely did a lot more than we do now. That's true. That's true um okay well anyways keeping us on track my answer yes. uh would probably be new york city <laughs> i love new york new york is fun okay. it's just a little too big for me it's fun to visit but i can well i guess I'm okay for 24 you. hours that, that would be a really great city to go to it's just too big for me to want to go there permanently um I can london, go there is for, like, london is I know, probably it's, bigger i know but it's london like <sighs> i know i love london, london. <laughs> i don't even care I would thrive there. New York. Well, you know, when we went there for DECA and the very first thing I ever bought at Macy's was stolen. That made me really sad. And I still <laughs> I still think about that. That really nice vest that I bought. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Well, let's jump right in. We do have okay. a few um, updates to cover with just some hot hits that have been happening lately. So we will first address that. Last week, we talked about Jorge Vilda um, getting fired from the Spanish Federation, which was great. And then this past weekend, we got the great news that Luis Rubiales has resigned because it was the intelligent thing for him to do. 
I hated when he said that. I I feel like I almost started crying because I was so yeah. frustrated. Yeah, it's just it seems a little seems a little late to be saying this is the intelligent thing to do. I think the intelligent thing to do would have just never kissed Jenny Hermoso on the mouth on public television, thinking that there'd be absolutely zero consequences or just any of the players for that matter. Because but instead, I was... you had to deny it. And your mom went on a hunger strike, ended up in the <laughs> hospital. You started an entire, basically an entire war amongst the Spanish soccer team and the world against you and everyone else. Your reputation is tarnished. You got suspended by FIFA. All of your allies at FIFA have now turned against you publicly. And now you are kicked out. So <laughs> I don't really think it was all that intelligent, but say however, say whatever you want doesn't even matter anymore he's gone now that's what's important yeah i also found it really interesting that he announced his resignation in an exclusive interview with pierce morgan who's known to do like very controversial type of interviews so i was surprised kind of frustrated that he took that kind of route i I mean it it lines up with everything else he's been doing uh definitely not the most intelligent decision uh, I think he was forced. I, I he kind of was cornered, and he kind of did talk about that in the interview of being like, you know, at this point, like everything's ruined anyway, so I I have to, which is kind of true. I mean, it's it's one hundred percent true. Yeah, not kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then literally ten minutes before we started recording this, it was reported that UEFA thanked him um, because not only was he the president of the Spanish Federation, but he was um, a vice president in UEFA, like some type of high up um, position within the UEFA organization as well. So um, they thanked him for his service. Yeah, Megan, do you want to tell us who he who like who was at that meeting? Oh, yeah. Well, it was for women's soccer. <laughs> like for the Ironically. development. Yeah, for the development of women's soccer, I think. For the for the development of women's soccer, they just decided to choose that moment to thank Rubiales for his service to UEFA at a meeting dedicated to the development of women's soccer. Yeah, wow. Man. Talk about great timing. I mean, like, are we all that surprised? I mean, a little bit because it seems so far out there and you'd think common sense would have to kick in at some point for some of these leaders, but clearly it hasn't. But if we look at the past... There's been many times where it hasn't either, but UEFA was hosting a group of women players and coaches for a conference to help shape a brighter future for soccer. The brighter future well, is going to be without Luis Rubiales there. That yeah, is- I really hope that they emphasize that part. It's going to be such a bright future because he's not there. Thank you for stepping down. Well, and also just uh, it's going to be brighter because of reformations and you know, rebuilding certain federations, not just Spain, but of other federations as well. We know that Spain has a lot of that integrated into a lot of different things. So it, the, the slate has to be wiped clean um, in terms of Spain and, and in other places as well, probably, because, yeah. you know, they just don't value women's sports or women's soccer the same way they value men. So, But, you know, the world has really shown such great support for these women national players. And so it's, it's great that that's being brought to the forefront of everything. It's great that there's so much support for these women, because I feel like that's like the driving force for forcing all of this change. Um, so I hope that that keeps up. So in that regard, 
I agree. There's a much brighter future ahead for women's soccer. It feels like there's been so much horrible stuff that's been happening over the last few weeks. It's kind of just cleaning out um, everything. So like you said, fresh, clean slate. You can only really go up from the bottom. So, um, Okay, so for our next topic, we just want to briefly talk about the Ballon d'Or Feminine the Mm -hmm. women's Ballon d'Or award they did release the nominations for this year's Um, but Chase and I were really surprised that it's only been awarded to women um, since 2018 when the men's has been for over like 70 years right yeah like 70 plus years it's been given out so it's been five this will be its sixth year but in 2020 they didn't award due to covid mm-hmm. so there's been four people to win that award two of them have been alexia putellis who was missing from this year's nominations due to an acl injury mm-hmm. ironically everyone has acl injuries for women's soccer right now so um sad to see her not in there but obviously more opportunities for other women which is pretty exciting yeah was there any names on that list that really surprised you megan or any ones that you're just really excited that made the list this year? Um, I'm excited to see Sophia Smith on there with her being the only American present. I think it goes into one of kind of my one of my hot takes of like we need more players over in Europe. Um, I think it was cool to see her on there for what she did at the Portland Thorns and the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, I don't see her winning it. I don't think there's any way, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, excited to see her on there. I wish I say, saw Lindsay Horan is probably the only other person, but if it goes off of certain metrics, I am not stating my case that she deserves to be on there. I just would have liked to see it. Yeah. And I would agree that it was really exciting to see so, uh, Sophia Smith having some U.S. national team representation on the list of nominees. And given how young she is and how much potential she still has, I think it it's really cool to see her already being nominated at such a young age. I think we're yeah. going to continue to see her receiving nominations if she keeps up her level of caliber. I think it's cool. And yeah, like you said, I think it really highlights the point that there's a lot of talent on the European side of soccer. Obviously, it's so well established in that part of the world. And it's not surprising that there's so many nominations from that side. And, you know, hopefully in the future, it'd be cool to have some of our talent play over there and gain some more skills that way, or for us to recruit some, some other talent from across the pond, as you say, which Um, they definitely have. Like they've, I know there was some Spanish national players that I think one of them just signed to Gotham, um, which is pretty, pretty cool. And uh, some other teams around the United States have definitely have recruited some of them, but it'll be interesting to see in the future, how this dynamic of NWSL versus Europe. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. Um, and I just want to say for those of you who are not familiar with the Ballon d'Or, the Ballon d'Or is also known as the Women's Ballon d'Or, and it's associated with France football. And that is a French magazine that's been around um, since, I want to say, the 1940s, I believe. So mm-hmm. about, I don't know, 76, 77, 78 years it's been in existence. Um, It's one of the most well-known magazines in the world for soccer, especially in Europe. And so receiving an award from Ballon d'Or basically means that you have been recognized as being 
the top player in the entire world. So it's a really big deal to not just be nominated, but to to actually win the award. Really puts you at the top of the top. So a great honor it is to to receive that award. So always cool to see who gets represented for this year, who gets nominated. So yeah, just wanted to fill that in for those who are not familiar. Yeah, no, that's super helpful. Thanks, Chase, for backing us up on that one. I think when you think of Ballon d'Or, you think of obviously the men that have won it in the past. And so am I frustrated that it took them that long to do the women? Yes, but I think it's still cool to recognize that we're one step closer to leveling that playing field and Mm -hmm. um, being able to have that award and have it be as prestigious for the women as it is for the men is is really cool. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Man, if they would have started it earlier, I'm sure Abby Wambach would have been on there. Just got to shout that out. She's my favorite. She always will be. Mia Hamm, for sure. Mia Hamm. The OG Ballon d'Or. <laughs> the OG Ballon d'Or. Brandy Carly Chastain. Carly Lloyd, maybe. Brandy Chastain. Man. It it was cool to see Mary Earps, a goalkeeper, be on the, the list for the women, um, which is really cool. Yeah, you don't see that all that often, even on no. the men's side, which is pretty no. cool. I think the last like little thing I wanted to talk about is EA Sports is coming out with their EAFC. Have you heard about this? So instead of it being no. FIFA, it's going to be EAFC. Um, saying, what does that stand for? EA Sports and then like football club, I think. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> but they just I guess I could have figured that one out on my own. <laughs> they started to release some of the cards and Alexia Putellis is rated at 91 out of 100 and she is tied with Erling Holland, Kylian Mbappe and Kevin De Bruyne as top rated players. Dang. That's I thought I would tell ass. you that. <laughs> Do you know what Messi's ranking is? I can't remember. Well, it's not 91, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I it's like I want to get it to try it, but I also don't. I just know it's not going to be nearly as good as FIFA, but I'm going to try it. Yeah, I think you should. I think it'd be fun. You might be surprised. You never know. They FIFA was like asking for weight. They asked for like double the amount of money for like sponsorship rights, basically. And um, EA was like, why do we need that in a non World Cup year? <laughs> and I was <laughs> yeah, like, that's, that's so a good true. point. What did FIFA do? You know what FIFA what their uh reasoning was for that that seems so weird i don't know i i didn't research that but i i mean i think fifa just their head gets too big sometimes and they have to be humbled and ea sports said we could do this without you dang right they can so we'll see how it goes yeah that'll be really interesting uh, okay hot takes so now that we get into the chunkier media chunkier what the frick the meteor meat tier. <laughs> yeah, you're doing great. <laughs> I'm ready to go to bed. Uh, just kidding. Um, the more intense, in-depth part of our podcast, we're going to do U.S. Women's National Team hot takes. These are severely overdue, but some man had to go kiss a woman unwarranted, so it took up some podcast time. So now, now we're going to get to it. Um, All right, let's do it. Chase, do you want to kick us off with um, where we are standing as the U.S. Women's National Team? Yeah, absolutely. So for the first time ever 
the U.S. men's national team is no longer in the top one or two spots. They have been taken over by Spain and are now in the number three spot. It goes Sweden, Spain, I believe Germany. No, it's England, who's number four, and then France, I believe, is the current ranking right now. Um, But the big news is U.S. is not in the top two spots for the first time in their entire existence. Well, actually, that's false. It's the first time that this has been keeping track of which is 2003 the first time since 2003 which is an exception it is now in number three spot instead of number two or number one so that's a little (laughs) nerve-wracking it's showing uh that there are clearly some signs of weakness on the u.s women's national team i mean obviously we saw that in the world cup because they only made it to the round 16 um also a first time for the women's national team to make it only that far Megan, what are your thoughts on this? I have found it really interesting. This past weekend, I listened to Snacks. Have you ever listened to the Snacks podcast? Every time they have a person on the end, they have to do their best chomp. And I've ever always wanted to do it. So I just did it. And I feel really happy. Wait, can you do it one more time? I wasn't even looking. <laughs> well, it's the sound. Wait till okay. you're editing and you're just going to hear a random. I'm just going to really churn up the volume on that spot. <laughs> Yeah, now we need you to, we can't, we can't, we can't copy them. But anyways, I was listening tonight, they had a listener on and um, she was talking about her experience at the World Cup and her emotions with the penalty kicks and all this different stuff. So I feel like it's all very fresh to me because I've re-listened to that. And then they even had Ashley Hatch on the following episode and asked her how she felt not being called up for the world cup. So I have so many thoughts um, post those interviews and I would suggest you listen. All right. Well, let's hear your, let's hear your thoughts. What are they? Um, So my, I think biggest hot take from the world cup is I do not understand what Vladko was doing. I acknowledge I'm not a coach <laughs> and that I am Megan, not. I don't think anyone was understanding what Vladko was doing. Every person I talked to, it was just like a little mini venting session. They're like, I don't know what the heck he was doing. Why would he not change up the lineup? Why would he not sub in anybody during that game? Like, what the actual hell? And like, why would he not like experiment a little, especially early on when you can get away with it? I've heard so many thoughts on that so it doesn't make any sense to me i've talked to people who work in professional sports for professional soccer teams they had no idea what he was doing either yeah so obviously i don't really have a coaching background i never really even played soccer so take all of my opinions with a grain of salt (laughs) wow way to really (laughs) speak myself literally uh way to way to really validate yourself megan that's yeah. Um, but I will say like my biggest thing is I wanted to see Julia Ertz in the midfield. Um, and I don't understand why he didn't even try Alana Cook. Like Alana Cook had no minutes on the field, which just mind boggles me. I know they were missing leadership with Becky Sauerbrunn being out. Like I the thing is, is like I feel like I can conjure up what I why he did it a little bit. Um, but I don't agree. So <laughs> I mean, like, like, it's not a good enough excuse, though, because so many other teams also had major players who were injured and they advanced way farther than we did. So that can only be I mean, like, yeah, it sucks. But at the end of the day, we weren't the only ones who had that issue. So it's not such a valid excuse. Like, they were. 
And I think with like Becky's skills, like leadership skills, we were lacking that. But I think in terms of like playing skills, like I think Naomi Gurma did great. She was probably our best player, maybe besides Lindsay Horan. That entire, and Alyssa Nair did well too. But that entire time, like, like Naomi Gurma carried our team on her back most of the time. And Julie yeah. Ertz did well in the back line. Like, um, but I wanted to see her up front. So that's my first hot take. Yeah. Uh, I think that's my biggest hot take, honestly. And Megan Rapino, once she did her performance against Vietnam, should have never stepped foot back on that field because she looked horrible. No, I agree. That was going to be my biggest hot take is that some of our our veteran forwards or just veteran attackers in general did not perform well at all. Megan Rapino, I hate to say it because I was so excited to watch her and you know that I was. I've said it many times in past episodes. She did not perform well at all. Even just like simple passes didn't even make it to their target, which is just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and then Alex Morgan oh, with her watching her take that horrible penalty shot was just heartbreaking and confusing. And like, I know that she was really upset with herself as well. So I don't want to be like, Oh, she, that was horrible. I, I guarantee you the first person who knew that that was a shitty PK was Alex Morgan, but still does not excuse the lack of performance from some of our veteran players. It was really, I don't know. It made me it makes me nervous for the US women's national team moving forward because there was so we had such a great team in 2015 and 2019. Like there's so much cohesion, there's such great chemistry, and that's almost impossible to replicate. And this World Cup kind of showed how that chemistry has faded. And I don't know how you really gain that back, especially with the fight that the US women's national team was fighting. I feel like that was really part of their chemistry. Um, so having a mixture of that missing as well as some of their key leadership players missing and just a lot of doubt that was being stirred up in the media before the World Cup even began, I think didn't help at all, even though they kept saying that it wasn't affected by them. But like, I'm, we're all human. That would get in my head all the time. Um, yeah, those are my thoughts. I think, I mean, think back to 2015, though, they had just lost the 2011 FIFA Women's World Cup and a penalty shootout where Carly Lloyd ironically really missed her penalty shot and it was completely off goal, which is ironic in terms of how she talked to the women's team this year. Whatever, I have feelings towards that situation. But, I mean, I wonder if them losing that really impacted their 2015 run and and maybe it would do the same, something similar for the U.S. Women's National Team. Part of me thinks that they need to let go of some of their senior players. I don't – well, I mean, they are letting go of Megan Rapino, which will be a huge thing. I think the fact that Megan Rapino could play at her level in 2019 when she had all of that stuff going on and she has talked about how engaged she was with it and how, like – because some players will, like, take all social media off of their phone, which makes complete sense and kind of disengage from the outside world. Megan Rapino was very clear that she didn't do that that she was tweeting at Donald Trump while she was playing in these FIFA game World Cup games I mean, like, and she still played and won the Ballon d'Or that year. So I don't know like if her excuse this year was I mean she just wasn't in form. She looked horrible. She was missing her passes, missed the penalty kick so poorly. 
that she hasn't missed a penalty since 2018. So it's like, I don't know what happened, but we have to let go of some of them. Um, and it naturally is obviously going to happen because I think these young players will have cohesion eventually. And I, I personally think if you look at them individually, they have such talent. Trinity Rodman is doing great in the NWSL. Sophia Smith is Ashley Hatch. I mean, Ashley Hatchett should have been on the World Cup tournament. I don't know why she wasn't because we needed someone to replace Alex Morgan. It was very clear that that wasn't working. We need Mel Swanson back, too. I think that's going to bring a lot of cohesion in. She has a lot of leadership skills, too. So I I don't see it as like a lost cause, and I'm not even that worried. I think I'm excited to see like a new coach come in and, and try to foster a new environment. Um, mm-hmm. Because these aren't the same girls in 2019 or in 2015. The majority of them were not there. And yeah. so it's like you have to like move on and you have to be willing to move on. And I think maybe that was the problem is some of these people like, I mean, we as Americans put so much pressure on them to perform the exact same way in tw- as in 2019, which is not going to happen when the majority of your players were not there. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I just get nervous because I feel like, yes, we have a new team and there's a lot of hope that comes with that. I just think it's going to take some time for that top skill team to be developed. I think it's going to take more than a few years. I don't I'm not super optimistic about our performance in the Olympics. That's one of my hot takes. I think it takes longer than a year to really build that cohesion. Let's hope I'm wrong. (laughs) Um, But, you know, if you want to be one of the best, if you want to be the best team in the world, that takes years to develop and us women's national team clearly proved that they don't have that team right now. I mean, like this was their worst performance ever in a world cup. So there's clearly some issues that need to be fixed. I think you mentioned the biggest one where a lot of these 2015, 2019 players that are still on the team, it's just, they just got to get replaced. Unfortunately, it's like really sad to see because they're legends and they're amazing and they've done so much for women's soccer, but clearly the chemistry just isn't there anymore. And so I think it's time for it's it's just time for a new team. And that's what we're starting to get. And obviously the injuries did not help us at all either. I think I think the biggest change needed to be the coach personally, because like I said, if you look oh, yeah. at I mean, look at some of the people they had on the bench. Um Alana Cook, Kelly O'Hara. I mean, Mm -hmm. Kelly O'Hara barely got any playing time and she's a veteran and it's not because her form was off because she got on the field a little bit and looked good. So I, I I really think half of it did come down to coaching because they didn't, they even his freaking roster. Like imagine if we had Ashley Hatch, imagine if we had been able to put in a striker who is used to being in the middle, even on the national team, who is performing top, like the best she's ever played soccer is performing in the NWSL for the Washington Spirit in the golden boot race, like is, is doing so well. And she was not there. And I think like that comes down to the coaching and you see Emily Sonnet come in for that last game and looked so good. So I don't like, I don't think it's really due to due to that. I I mean, Lindsay Horan did say on the snacks podcast, like she was concerned that not everyone on the team had prepared the way they should have for a world cup. Um, and you could put that onto the individuals, but you also could put that onto the coach in terms of um, preparing them. Uh, she was very 
careful not to say anything about the coaching style, but you could tell that she was kind of talking about that too. So I think like uh, we're going to learn a lot a few years out when people can start to talk about it, um, about what was going on and who was to blame. But um, especially when some of these veteran players retire completely open with their thoughts with no, no consequences. I, yeah, I can't think of one that will be the same as Carly Lloyd. <laughs> like, um, I don't, maybe Megan Rapino. I mean, like, not like putting her on the same level as Carly Lloyd, but I think, like, in terms of like how outspoken she's going to become. True. You know, she, she loves the social media attention. She loves being, you know, out there. She loves being the face of the women's national team. And, you know, she's very outspoken. She's never afraid to put up a fight. She's never afraid to speak her mind. I think she's going to share a lot when she is completely retired. It'll be really interesting to hear what her takes are. That is a prediction I'm making. I think she's going to do it. I I don't think she will because I think she will want to coach and um, like mentor current players. And if you want to do that, you can't really like go against the team. That's my current state. Interesting. We'll just have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. I'm excited, though. We know we will not be missing Megan Rapino when she leaves. Or Megan okay. Rapinoe. Well, like, I will be missing her playing, but I'm saying, sorry, that did not come out right. <laughs> like, we won't, like, be missing her in terms of, like, never seeing her. Because we will see her um, yeah. post-retirement. I'm sure um, she'll be highly involved with uh, human rights and all of that good stuff so one last question to finish this episode off is in this september camp that hopefully the roster will be dropping any day who do you want to see on that roster um that either wasn't on the roster for the olympic or for the world cup not the olympics that's coming up though um or was on the roster but we didn't see you get to play much Hmm. i'm gonna go with ashley hatch I think because she is in her top peak performance right now and we need, we obviously need a really good striker that was clearly missing yeah. <laughs> in the World Cup performance. I am very curious to see if she makes it to that uh, fall camp. I'm I, I'm going to be watching her. Who do you think they'll boot then? Um, Alex Morgan. No, Alex Morgan will be in that camp. There's no way they wouldn't do that. Like, not on the roster. I bet it would be Alyssa Thompson. You think so? Yeah. Or Trinity Rodman. Mm, I don't think they'd boot Trinity Rodman. I think they'll boot Alyssa Thompson, personally. Yeah, okay, fine. I guess that's a better answer. <laughs> um, right, how about you, Megan? Well, I don't know about many more players to be added. I think Ashley Hatch, for sure. But I would say I want to see Emily Sonnet play more in the midfield, because... We looked really good with her there, and I want to see Alana Cook in the black line. I don't understand what he did, so. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. That I heard that brought up so many times when I when I talk to people about um, the coach's lineup. Let Julie play in the midfield for her last game. <laughs> oh, that's going to be so sad. I love her. Yeah, these are going to be some that hard ass. games. The last game of Julie Ertz and then the last game of Megan Rapino. so. Um, yeah. Well, with that, I'm sure we'll talk more about the U.S. Women's National Team um, coming up here in the next few weeks, but we will be getting back to our regular programming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so funny. I said it and I was like, dude, that's going to that deserves a giggle. Um, <laughs> our regular scheduled programming and all things research. 
<laughs> no, there will be research. <laughs> there will be lots of research. Lots of research. So stay tuned, everybody. Ooh. Great things are coming. All the industry events, breaking news, and emerging teams. Emerging teams. So and the latest. We'll and the um, latest on league developments. <laughs> so we'll be staying on top of all that stuff, and we are going to be more than ready to convey that knowledge, that valuable, valuable knowledge to our listeners. So stay tuned. It's coming up soon. Thanks, guys. Support women's sports. Thank you, everybody. (laughs) See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate us and leave us a review. Your feedback helps us improve and reach more listeners like you. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, at Breakaway Podcast, for updates on our latest episodes and behind-the-scenes content. We appreciate your support and hope you'll join us for our next episode.